This is Wednesday, May 25th. Now, these days in the United States, we are hearing much discussion of what has been called critical race theory. That word critical in the name means that this theory is said to arise from academic and scholarly research. In other words, it's said to be based on science. Now, it's also a theory because it postulates that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle social dynamics, rather than explicit and intentional prejudice of prejudices of individuals. In other words, racism is a sy- systemic problem that cannot be changed without changing society. Now, I need to be upfront and tell you My goal is not to wade into this immense national conflict, but to point out that as human beings, we look for a story to tell about the way our world works and why it works the way it does. Our theories are efforts to explain what we see, to make sense of our lives. Now, what we should know is that Scripture teaches us how to look at racial tensions and differences based on the gospel. We have been looking at Paul's message about Jesus given to the Areopagus on Mars Hill. The difference between Paul and the Greeks was immense. Greek culture was polytheistic. That is, they believed in many gods. Paul knew there is only one true and living gods. The Greeks were what we might think of as liberals. That is, they spent their time pursuing the latest teaching out there and considering a new truth to be better than an old truth. Paul and the Jewish people, and Christians as well, were much more conservative. They were holding firm to the word of God and rejecting the latest fads. Of course, there were also the national differences between the the Greeks, the Gentiles, and the Jewish people. But here is Paul sharing the message about Jesus with the Greeks. You see, the Lord showed Paul, the Jew of Jews, that the gospel is for all people, regardless of race or national heritage. Here is the center of his message that he gave in Athens. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 27. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life, breath, and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Now, Paul not only teaches about the sovereignty of God, we saw that yesterday, but he explains the the racial and national differences. First, he says that humanity began with one man that God made. We have a common humanity that we share with everyone else on earth. In that sense, we are one race. Whatever our skin color may be, or however our physical features may appear. Of course, this blows out of the water any talk of natural differences. Race theories began to appear in the West around the year 1600. 
Often one race was touted as being superior in breeding or intelligence or capabilities. This belief per- proliferated and stood at the fulcrum of what happened during World War II. Aryans were considered themselves, considered themselves the superior race, and so it was acceptable to put down other people, and even to destroy them. The Nazis justified the horrors of war using a race theory. This should make us leery of any race theory that puts people down or lifts anyone up above others. But notice what else Paul says. God made one man, but then he brought about the many nations that are found on earth. Yes, all people trace their existence to the Lord, the one who created them, and placed them where they are. This calls for humility for some that have thought themselves superior, and confidence for those who have lacked it. In other words, God created the cultural and national diversity we have now. This was according to God's will and plan. It's not an accident of history. Yes, this means that God also determined the time periods when people would live and the places that they would inhabit. This means that we are living where we are because of the sovereign choice of God. The nations came to be formed when and where they did. Yes, also by the hand of God. Now we might ask, Why did God create this diversity? And here's what Paul says in his sermon. That they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yes, God created the diverse peoples of the world to leave a trail of breadcrumbs. That's the wording we might use that will lead people back to him. You might say that the many nations and cultures and languages are a part of this sense of estrangement we feel in the world. These differences always have us looking for our true home and our true identity. And God wired us with a longing that can only ultimately be met in Him. Now we might note here, in Paul's sermon to the Greeks, that he doesn't assert a cultural superiority. There's no mention of his chosen status of being from Israel, but only of God's sovereignty in the world. You see, no people have an advantage before God. Everyone is found in sin, and everyone needs grace. And so we want to notice that God wants people to seek after him and perhaps find him. This was God's purpose in taking on human flesh and coming into our world in Christ. He came not to judge the world, but to open the way so that we might come to God, so that people could become sons and daughters of the King, the living God. This is how we have come to know the Lord, and how the message of Jesus has spread to us across the generations to reach our families and our city. Let's pray. Sovereign God, our true and rightful King, drive from our hearts the prejudices that produce pride, that we might see our need of grace each day, and that we might share in the mission of the gospel in our city. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.